What's up, everyone? And thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Worthy Pieces podcast. I'm Rhonda, and today I want to talk EMDR therapy. Some of you out there may know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you've experienced it or had family members go through this. Others maybe have heard about it but don't really have an idea of what it is. And then there's some of you that have no friggin' clue what I'm talking about. So let's talk about it. EMDR, or eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, is a therapy intervention that we use often in the psychotherapy process. We use certain eye movements to process or desensitize to certain traumatic or uncomfortable events that we have been through. By reprocessing it, we are able to create a new belief system that allows us to process and let go of some of those negative ties or those negative pieces of the trauma that really hold us back and make us uncomfortable or that we maybe have negative experiences from. And yeah, it's freaking possible. EMDR is amazing and I am very, very passionate about it. Many of my friends hear me lecture about it. I have clients that I would say at least 80, if not 90% of my clients use. Um, And I am super passionate about it. Some of my fellow therapist friends and colleagues will say not to pigeonhole yourself as a therapist. Don't just find one therapeutic technique. Be versatile. Be able to use a variety of techniques. And I do. Honestly, I do. I My office, we specialize in trauma interventions, and so EMDR is a piece of this. We do have other conversations and other interventions that we use, so I don't want you to think just because I'm talking about this today is the only therapeutic approach that we use, but I'm talking about it because I freaking love it. I've seen the results. I know that it works both from a client perspective as I've done it and from a therapist side that I've done it many times with clients and I've seen it. I've seen people graduate therapy. I've seen people really take the most terrifying traumatic events that they've been through their life and make it now just a distant memory that no longer comes up every single day. It's incredible. So just a little bit of history of EMDR. Technically, EMDR has been around since the 80s. And many people, when this first started getting researched and discussed, a lot of people didn't believe in it. It sounds crazy, and I myself, when my old supervisor brought it up to me that she wanted me to get trained in it, I thought it was crazy, right? It was kind of presented in a way to tell me, hey, use this technique with clients. And when I asked what it was, the response was, well, you use eye movement to go back and forth, and you reprocess memories, and then it's just no longer trauma anymore. It sounds crazy and and still to this day, sometimes when I explain it to clients, the look that I get is just complete confusion. Uh, But it does work and I will say that I don't think EMDR really picked up a lot of steam until the last five, maybe seven years. As I said, it's been around since the 80s, but there's a lot of therapists that didn't believe in it and didn't invest in the trainings when it first started coming out and the trainings were available. And now it's everywhere. You see it on therapist pages. You hear people talk about it. Um, you see more and more like YouTube videos about it, and it's it's all over the place. Um, I invested in the training many years ago, and I use it all the time. I've used the supplementary trainings that come with the EMDR to really understand and research and keep up to date with this because I believe in it so much. And sadly, with my experience of clients in this process, I've heard a lot of horror stories as 
their therapist either didn't really know how to use it or they didn't maybe understand the complexity that comes with it when you're dealing with trauma. So yes, it works in various forms of trauma, so it does work for acute or complex or chronic. Um, But sometimes if you're dealing with a client with complex trauma or someone that has a long history or timeline of trauma, it, it can open up different doors for them. I always refer to it as a domino effect that if I go in and we unlock this memory, there's other certain things that you're going to put together and that's going to come out by focusing just on this one memory. So some of the horror stories have been when clients come in and they're like, yeah, I did this three years ago. I didn't think it really worked for me. My therapist had me do X, Y, and Z of it. And then six months later, I was a mess. I've had panic attacks. I was emotionally unstable and I just don't know what to do to get back there. So it does work. EMDR is a process and it is intensive therapy, but yes, it does actually work if done correctly and if clients are in a stable place to where they're able to go through the therapy process in a healthy, safe environment. So let's talk about what makes trauma unresolved or unprocessed. The short answer that I'm going to give you is that if trauma or a presenting symptom, if something today you're really struggling with is from an experience of your past, probably means that you have not processed it. So when I talk about this with clients, I talk about the three important parts of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala, and the hippocampus. If you picture this in a visual, I'm a very visual person. So if the prefrontal cortex is the filing cabinet for our brain. That's kind of where a lot of your like neatly filed, organized memories lie, right? And then you have the amygdala and hippocampus, which I refer to a lot as the trash can. This is where we put all the unwanted garbage or memories that we don't want to look at or talk about, and we just let them lie there. Now, if you think about when, if you feel triggered or when something happens that sends you into a panic attack or a fear-based response, typically the amygdala is also going to be the alarm for that part of our body system. So when we sense danger or that that threat is approaching us, the amygdala goes off as an alarm and alerts the rest of our body to respond and it can respond in various forms, right? So if we build this trash can through the years of just compacting trash and letting it overflow, eventually our body isn't going to take it anymore, right? Our body is going to respond. And maybe this is chronic illness. Maybe this is panic attacks. Maybe this is getting sick, a weakened immunity, headaches. I mean, the list goes on and on for our body to respond when we haven't looked at this trauma, right? Or that trash can is just overflowing. So when the amygdala or the hippocampus goes off, it tells us that there's something about these experiences that's still tying us to the trauma, right? And sometimes that we know what these triggers are and sometimes they're a little bit more subconscious where we, we're not aware of them, right? So when we're processing in a healthy way, what we're doing is looking at that piece of trash or looking at these pieces of this trauma understanding it, processing it internally, and then neatly organizing it in our filing cabinet, right? So prefrontal cortex is a huge part in our healing. And if that threat comes in and it's too threatening or too intense, our brain is going to just automatically kick in to protect us. And that's usually where we go into fight, flight, or freeze. If I were to ask you to tell me an experience, one of the most terrifying experiences you've been through or one of the traumatic experiences you've been through, you probably didn't remember it start to finish, right? Did you remember every detail of what's happened? 
Probably not, as sometimes when these traumatic or intense events happen to us, they are too scary and our alarm systems are going into overdrive to where our body is just going to shut down. Our brain is going to protect us and block that out so consciously we are not there, we're not really experiencing it. But yet when we think back to that event or when we're asked to replay that memory, it either feels spotty or it feels sometimes as traumatic as it did happen and it's too intense for us to talk about. So remembering trauma, remembering memories in certain scattered pieces is normal and it's also remember not to remember much at all except for maybe bodily sensations or smells or colors or faces. It's completely normal. I know I work with a lot of clients and sometimes they'll come into my office and tell me if I could just replay it and remember all the details, I know I'd be okay with it. I know that I could let this go. Well, it doesn't work that way, right? Even I always tell clients understanding and asking yourself why isn't really going to matter, right? Understanding why doesn't really solve the issues because emotional trauma is so much deeper, and the, the question of why is going to be cyclic. You're always going to question yourself. You're always going to have a question of why this happened. Why did this person do this? If I didn't walk into that store at that time, this wouldn't have happened. It doesn't really make the emotions that you're experiencing or the discomfort go away, right? It, your brain is just trying to logically put those pieces together so you can make sense of it. But when we're dealing with trauma that's affected you emotionally, It's a whole other conversation we have to have and that's why EMDR is so great for this. So when we talk about this, when we talk about these experiences, the questions then become, how was this experience to you? What did it feel like? What was it like? You're the expert of your own story, right? Think about when, think about these memories or think about an experience that happened to you. You usually come up with a version that's safe, right? You can tell these people, you can tell anyone about this experience within reason. It's within your control. The storybook is has been talked about over and over again in the same repeated ways. Well, when we reprocess or when I work with people to do EMDR, it's not about telling that storybook in the comfort the way you want to be able to tell it. It's about reading between the lines and knowing those nitty-gritty details that really truly make it emotionally uncomfortable for you. And that probably sounds super scary and I'm not trying to scare you away from this technique because obviously I love it, but it is important to know like doing EMDR is really intensive trauma therapy if done correctly. It's not meant to scare you, but it's meant to kind of give you the a better understanding of why it works the way it works. You're going into those deeper layers of you or the core related issues, whether they're negative beliefs or behaviors or experiences that make you who you are right? Talk therapy doesn't do that in as much detail. EMDR takes the pressure of talking out of it and we really dive deep into the emotional reprocessing as we should to resolve a memory. However, the reprocessing doesn't just start in that first session, right? So let's back up here a little bit. Typically there in EMDR, there are eight stages and you can look this up. It's a multi-step process. In the beginning, in the first few sessions, so for example, when I have new clients that are interested or a good candidate to do EMDR therapy, I typically wait at least six weeks before I dive into the actual reprocessing part of EMDR. That gives us enough time to really understand where this client is. I get to assess certain behaviors, certain patterns, certain unhealthy coping skills that they've engaged in to protect themselves and to cope with all this discomfort. 
But it also gives that client a chance to build trust with me, build rapport with me. And it also gives a chance to literally and visually build a safe place for a client to connect with and go to as we go through this process. Um, It also is your chance to really tell your story, tell the experience in as many details as you can, really giving that therapist an understanding about what makes this experience traumatic or uncomfortable for you. So with this multi-step process, I'm just going to touch on a couple other points with this and because I really can't emphasize it enough. If you are genuine about wanting a good experience with EMDR and you're wanting to get the most out of your EMDR sessions is you need to be patient. You need to be patient with yourself and your therapist. The therapist should be really helping to set this stage with you and laying that foundation to learn grounding techniques. You should be learning how to emotionally regulate you should be able to manage those unstable emotions or those moments of discomfort within that window of tolerance you have before you're reprocessing, right? Because when you're reprocessing, that's the part of EMDR that's you go back into that trauma, you look at it, you use the bilateral stimulation with your eyes, and you're processing to develop those new beliefs or new associations. So the groundwork is important. I always tell clients, like, they always want to know, does this really work? And what happens if in six months this comes back? I always tell clients, it won't if you're honest with me. It won't if you're vulnerable and we're able to clear out all this crap that you've been hiding in your trash can, right? If you're vulnerable, if you're open enough, technically you should lessen the disturbance to where it's gone. It's no longer that disturbance. If it does come back, either A, your therapist maybe missed something, B, you weren't as honest as you needed to be, or C, there was a different layer to this that you didn't initially know were there until you worked through what you worked through. Does that make sense? Um, I, I think with this also, a lot of my clients forget that EMDR does work great. I can only speak for myself when I say this, like I know a lot of my clients have had progress with this and it seems really easy. It seems almost like I went in and just zapped this memory from them, but they really didn't. You reprocessed it and you stored it in your filing cabinet. So it's a safe memory for you to go back to when you feel comfortable to, or when you want to pull it out of that folder. Once you've built the foundation and you're emotionally regulated, you've learned healthy coping skills, you've learned to be mindful, maybe you've learned some visualization techniques or, you know, you're really comfortable with the safe place you created, um, then this is where we can really start to understand where we want to take the the trauma memories or where you want to start with the trauma memories to reprocess. Um, The first, I always tell clients your first few sessions of EMDR are going to be the hardest. Part of the reason for this is because your first couple sessions of EMDR are going to be where your conscious sense of self and your subconscious battle, right? Your conscious sense of self is going to be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? We don't talk about this. This is freaking trauma. Get this out of here. Put it in your trash can. Shut up and go away, right? Where that subconscious and your brain are going to be thrilled to be able to process this, look at this, and help you. And so it takes you a couple sessions to become comfortable with this process and to really understand what you're doing, even though in that moment I have so many clients that are like, I feel like I did that completely wrong. It felt really weird. It felt really uncomfortable. I don't even know if it made sense. I don't even know if my storyline made sense, etc. And 
I always tell clients like if you feel like you're doing it wrong you're probably doing it perfect because the cool thing of EMDR there's not really a logical explanation to it it's all emotional most of it is subconscious processing it's your brain doing the work for you so what happens in a reprocessing session So typically you're going to use some type of uh, bilateral stimulation tool. So this can be the therapist's fingers that are waving in the air back and forth. I personally use a TheraTapper, which are little like vibrating palettes. And then you have some therapists that will use certain sounds, lights, other tools. Um, They, I feel like more and more are coming out all the time. So there's various amounts of tools that now can be used to help you bilaterally stimulate or to make your eye movements go back and forth. Um, But typically, you're not going to have to think too much about your eyes moving back and forth. Your therapist is just going to say, follow my hands or, you know, go with that, which means stay in that worst moment for you. So maybe what's the worst part for you? Oh my gosh, it's my panic attacks, the feeling of my throat shutting off and the heaviness in my chest. I'm going to say, cool, go with that. And I'm going to turn my little TheraTapper on and it's going to vibrate side to side, right? Clients are going to pick up on this. Your eyes are going to, should track this motion very naturally. And as you think about this experience or think about these worst parts of the experience, your brain is doing the work. Your brain is reprocessing. And at this point, you just have to listen. You have to listen to your body, listen to your mind as far as what's coming up. Are you experiencing discomfort? Are there other memories? Are there details of the memories that are coming up that maybe you weren't aware of before? There's so much that can come up in an EMDR session um, that really it's brain and body, right? You can have images, you can have cognitions, emotions, sensations, negative beliefs, memories, details, thoughts, kind of all come at you at once. Yeah, it sounds terrible. It sounds like it's rapid fire. But when you're in that moment, if you're able to just kind of process as you would like playing back a movie, kind of gives you an idea. It's like you're pressing rewind or fast forward in your version of your life in your own movie. So earlier, let's back up also because I did say that EMDR is not meant for everyone. And this is true. EMDR can be used for a variety of diagnoses or symptoms such as like panic attacks, anxiety, uh, medical issues, chronic illnesses, grief, loss, PTSD, or other stress disorders. Um, A person who's experienced sexual abuse or domestic violence, substance abuse, neglect, abandonment. I mean, the list, I I can go on and on. However, EMDR is meant for a person, and this is where the therapist comes in. This isn't really up to you to dictate this, but usually the therapist will decide if EMDR is going to be a proper technique for you to use in this therapy experience. Um, You are awake. EMDR is not something where you're hypnotized. You're awake and alert the entire session, and you're pretty much in complete control. What that means is that you can stop at any point. You can get up, take a breath, go get water. Um, Your therapist obviously shouldn't be making you do anything you don't want to do within reason. I mean, obviously this this memory or this processing is going to be uncomfortable, um, but you shouldn't be, you know, feeling worse or you shouldn't be going into the state of panic or hypervigilance to where you're just, it's an outer body experience. None of that happens. It just makes you feel emotions that you maybe weren't as conscious to feel. It makes you reprocess things in a way that you've never been able to allow your conscious sense of self to do. And it's just uncomfortable. 
right? It, it's saying and talking and feeling all those icky things that we just don't want to if I were to ask you about it in a traditional talk therapy session. Um, the cool thing about this is that you can't force your brain to think about things that it doesn't really want to do. So meaning like consciously, if you're going to go into your sessions and be like, oh, Rhonda asked me to think about this. I'm going to think about X, Y, and Z instead of A, B, and C. And the cool thing about it is that your brain is going to think about and bring things up as it wants to in order for you to heal and in order for you to heal properly. It's not going to just magically unlock all these memories that you already aren't trying to remember. All these memories are true, the experiences are true, and it's just a really incredible, powerful experience for you to have with your therapy process. You also, when you're reprocessing, basically you're going to understand in more detail about your experiences um, and, and not in a bad way at all. The way I explain it to clients is that you're coming in maybe the first couple of sessions and almost showing me like a screenshot picture of what your trauma is. When you first initially show this to me, it's dark, it's vivid, it's detailed, it feels icky, it feels heavy, or it's all the things that you don't want to talk about and go into. You're able to have an understanding of what this image looks like, where it comes from. You can tell me the parts of it that you remember, um, but it just feels very, very detailed and very, very descriptive. When you're reprocessing it and as you go through this process, that picture then is almost like it becomes submerged underwater. You then can tell me what that picture represents. You know what that picture looks like, but the details, the feelings aren't as heavy. They're not as clear. So that gives you maybe a better understanding of what reprocessing does, right? That's the desensitization. You're desensitizing from that emotional experience that you initially clung onto and were not able to overcome. So technically, I'm considered a trauma therapist. And what that means is that I believe that our brain and body hold on to all the previous traumas that we experience. Um, I've had this conversation many, many times before, both professionally and personally. And it's a really interesting topic because even as a therapist, there is still some divide. You, you can talk to other therapists. You can do a consult with a certain therapist and they can be very CBT based. So meaning that they're very cognitive. They try to think and have you change behaviors based on changing your thought processes. And then there's trauma based where we look at all the areas of maybe previous trauma or childhood experiences to play and, and help you understand how this plays a part in your present day sense of self. Um, I, it's interesting because I have a friend, he's a dear friend of mine and I love him greatly. Um, he's a lawyer and he believes in the typical psychotherapy part of where, for example, like you're depressed, it's a chemical imbalance, take a pill and you'll get over it or you won't. And you're just going to repeat the same cycle. So in this example, And there's more and more research that's come out to back me up to say that experiences in our past or in our childhood shape who we are today, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And part of this, it can help us understand the previous experiences have shaped us and how they've shaped us. The negative beliefs that we've stored about ourselves, um, we understand where these beliefs stem from and we understand that we didn't just wake up one day and decide to hate ourselves or to think that we are unworthy. Somewhere along the line of our life, we were told this, we were shown this, or we experienced this, which only validated it in our brain and connected certain associations for our cognitive processing. 
so EMDR allows us to reprocess these certain experiences and create a new belief system from the way they now have been processed. By using EMDR and reprocessing, we're able to actually build a new belief system and replace the negative belief systems that we once had by reprocessing, right? Again, going into that trash can, pulling out the trash, reprocessing it, and deciding where we want it in our filing cabinet. I have seen this. I believe in it so passionately. I know that, like I said, again, EMDR is not meant for everyone, but it is something that can greatly help so many people if they're open to it and they have a therapist who really knows how to do EMDR and help you work through it in a safe, comfortable manner. There's so much more I can talk about EMDR. I'm sure this topic will come up again on this podcast because we use it all the time. I know my other therapist who works in my office, Kate, she specializes in childhood trauma. Um, We use it all the time and I know that she wants to come on here and have a conversation about it. Even if it's like a QA, and a if you have questions for us, please send them to me because I would love to do another episode of this to go in more depth if that's what you want or answer questions you may have. Um, If you're interested in finding an EMDR therapist, I will give you some words of advice here. I encourage you to do your research. Ask questions. Um, People I don't think realize that us therapists are almost as cool as doctors, right? If you break your leg, you're not going to go to the eye doctor. Why? Because you're not going to get treated within those specialties. So therapists are the same, right? Yes, we all have background. We have education. We all have degrees. But we also specialize in certain areas. There are some interventions that I don't really know a lot about. Therefore, I'm not going to bring those into session and use them. Versus there's other therapeutic interventions that I'm really good at and I'm comfortable with and I've invested a lot of time and energy into. So if you ever get a therapist that tells you like, hey, uh, this isn't my specialty, not my really go-to area. I'm not good at this. I'm going to refer you out. Take that as a compliment because we as therapists want, genuinely want you to have the best care and, and the best success in your therapy experience. Just because we're a therapist and we technically can treat any diagnosis doesn't mean we're the best fit for you. So EMDR, it can be done. It can be done in many clinics with many different therapists. Um, But just do your research, right? Get someone who is comfortable using this process that knows about it, has obviously done the training. Um, I encourage clients to watch YouTube videos of EMDR, ask friends, family, coworkers about their experiences if you have people or know of people that have done EMDR themselves. Um, And just have a conversation. Inform yourself, get to know what it is. Again, this isn't really technically your decision. I would say that you can go into therapy and just say, I would like to do EMDR. What are your thoughts? But remember, ultimately, it needs to be your therapist's decision on if this is going to be a safe, appropriate technique for them to use in your sessions. Um, But build your support network with people that you feel safest to help you look at this and go through this process. Um... It's use your own skill base sets, use your assets, use your resources. Um, I guide my clients through this. I always tell them I am your tour guide. I don't do this for you, but I can hold you accountable and I can be that tour guide as far as you're leading me. I teach them as much as I can, but at the end of the day, if you're not going to get outside of that box, if you're not going to push yourself, then we can't help you heal. And this is one of the best ways that you actually can heal. Um, remember change is hard. Therapy is freaking hard. EMDR is even freaking harder. 
Um, but you're, the way I look at it is you're either going to fight every day to put on that fake facade and act like the past doesn't matter and act like you're okay, or you're going to actually fight the fight and get through it in the safest, healthiest ways possible. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. So use your research, find good therapists, connect with your therapist. If you don't like your therapist, it's probably not a good fit and you need to go branch elsewhere. this um i love talking about mental health i love talking about all of this that's why i intended to do this podcast to inform you it's to make you think but please note that in no way is this therapy or is this a replacement for therapy um the best way to work through your shit is in a therapist's office that's trained and educated for all the things mental health this is just to expand your knowledge give you better ideas Um, so if you're wanting more information on how to find a therapist or where to look or more information on EMDR, I will include some links in this description of the podcast, but please do your research and just believe in yourself. Uh, Remember, I wanted to help show you there are ways and resources to help you along your journey. Um, and just never, ever forget how incredible you are, how strong you are and what you're able to overcome because man, you've made it this far. Think of that. You survived. You're here. Um, Life's not meant to be easy. It's the rocky, shitty roller coaster of life. And just make the best of it by using the tools that actually work. Let people help you. Let people carry that energy with you. You're worthy and you're beautiful and you're so strong. Do not forget that. Thanks for listening and we'll talk soon, friends. Bye.